Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one. We will be spoiling this episode and past episodes, but no spoilers for future episodes. Wearing dull colors so that vampires don't bite me, I'm Harrison. And I'm Jason. And Xander, see how attractive you look when you wear decent clothes? Mm -hmm. I mean, God, if only non-vampire Xander did that. (laughs) Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? (laughs) Why, Jason, we are watching season three, episode nine, The Wish. Uh, This is the one where Cordy's got her rockin' uh, post-breakup revenge bod and uh accidentally wishes complete sunnydale with, uh, abdomen scar <laughs> complete with abdomen scar and accidentally wishes sunnydale into a hellish alternate reality we've all been there we've all done it oh god if if i had a nickel it'd be like 20 cents <laughs> <laughs> uh the wish was written by marty Knoxon. there we go marty yeah and directed by david greenwald a dream and team originally aired and really yeah um and directed by david greenwald and originally aired december 8th 1998 all right let's get into that intro music hell yeah All right, Jason, I see a hint of your drink in the corner of your screen. What are you drinking? Oh, ho, ho. Uh, Harrison, I have once again dived into that, uh, like, the the gift that, that keeps on giving, mm-hmm. the um, the drink mixer variety pack. And this is a Mai Tai, yes, which I've yum. never had before. I um, like a good Mai Tai. It's like one of those things that, like, I've only heard when people are, like, planning heists and then, like, planning to leave... And go to like retire to like the Bahamas or something after those <laughs> So Like, oh, we'll be sitting on a beach sipping Mai Tais. Like, that's apparently once you've like like hit a big score and retired, this is the drink of choice on the beach. Yep. I I really after I said like, yeah, I love Mai Tais, I suddenly was like, have I ever had a Mai Tai? And then, uh, I looked it up. I have had a Mai Tai. I do love Mai Tais. Um, very fruity. Yeah, it's it's another one of those like tropical fruity drinks that has rum in it. So yep. th- there are quite a few of those. I mean, yeah, I would say that, for a variety pack, like, uh... <laughs> they're all about the rum drinks. Uh, I am drinking uh, some red wine because it's all we have uh, right now. Right. Uh, I'm drinking it you out of one of my. <laughs> One of my crystal wine glasses, because this felt like a crystal wine glass episode. And sea glasses. Um, and I filled it up really high so that hopefully I don't need a refill while we're recording. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this week is my turn to do the toast. Um, yep. So uh, here's to Nancy. Uh, we literally hardly knew ye. <laughs> to Nancy. <laughs> to nancy cheers oh man that is all about the fruit it's very yeah it's a it's a fruity drink it it is and i mean i'm not opposed to fruity drinks like i mean fuck that like machismo attitude that's like oh guys can't have fruity drinks i'm like fuck it 
Fuck you. I'm going to drink whatever I damn well please. Yeah, fuck me. Drink whatever you damn well please. He's talking about me when he's talking about machismo attitude. Yes. You <laughs> reek of it. <laughs> um, all right. So to start us off, uh, Buffy, Willow, and Xander are in the park. Um, they appear to be having a picnic. Um, and Buffy and co are attacked by some like Cthulhu looking motherfucker. Um, very slimy squid guy. Yeah. Um, he, (laughs) there's, there's kind of a, like a young Frankenstein bit here where this demon is like choking Buffy and uh, she's like, nerf nerf and willow's like nerf yeah <laughs> like, what's a nerf <laughs> oh knife <laughs> quick give him a give him a set a give give him a set a give <laughs> um so you know despite this demon's kind of like hulking frame and um it goes down pretty quickly from like one stab to the chest uh, Actually, an... it looked like a stab to the neck. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe and, that I was mean, it. Maybe it was like the chest, but I feel like if it was a stab to the neck, then uh, you'd go down pretty quick too. I maybe I feel like that's. Hmm. I mean, you go down, but I. You don't just drop dead immediately. Like you gurgle and bleed out for a little bit. Uh, not this guy though. He's just like, well, oh, I mean, dead. <laughs> uh, he was a fish out of water. <laughs> wherever the fuck he normally lives uh, um, they are a uh, little detail that i really love is how disappointed they are that it doesn't just like dissolve or dust like a vampire does and they're just like fuck oh uh, we probably have to bury it and then they like all walk away because they don't want to do that oh <laughs> um. Uh, I was about to be like, well, yeah, no. they're on a picnic. They probably didn't bring a shovel with them. But, I mean, they brought a bag of weapons. So, I'm sure there's tools that can create holes in there. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, use your stakes to just, like, oh, oh man, that would that take sounds forever. miserable. I've, I, <laughs> I have, this is going to just sound really bad, but I have dug a grave before. And it's really difficult to do with a shovel. The grave was for a dog. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's it's really difficult. Um, so, and so, that thing was uh, huge. Yeah. So, at, uh, so at this point, we're still, um, uh, like, Buffy, or Xander kind of wants to, like, break things off and, like, head their own ways but Buffy's like oh you got plans and Xander in his Xander way says he has no plans mm-hmm. and uh everybody's still kind of like dealing with the fallout of last week I mean like Xander's been leaving uh messages for Cordelia uh, Willow's been like trying to like beg Oz to take her back mm-hmm. and as far as we know Buffy's just kind of been you know Buffy she's been dealing with the whole angel of it all to herself but um they asked like oh how do you how are you getting through it and she's like oh i can talk to you yeah so 
Yeah, friends forever. It's really and, sweet, um, and that's a huge theme of this episode. Is how important. It said they later are in the her. episode that uh, it has been a yeah. It said later in the episode that it has been a week mm-hmm. since um since the events of Lovers Walk. Uh, so who knows? Maybe uh maybe by now Spy caught up to uh Drusilla and that chaos <laughs> demon. Hopefully. Um. Uh, but, but yeah, and like uh. So they're all kind of like wondering like how their perspective exes are doing and Cordelia is um, cutting Xander out of a picture mm-hmm. and burning it. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I, I will say I've never burned like pictures of people, but um, I did uh, when I was... Um, 17 i uh got a rejection letter from gsa uh which is for people who don't live in louisville uh, or sorry don't live in kentucky um there you go gsa is a governor's school for the arts which is a like a summer um like three week long arts program uh for high school students and uh, i did not get accepted it's fine i'm fine about it um but i definitely lit my rejection letter on fire (laughs) and yeah i've never like i feel like maybe just because i worry about it being a fire hazard i can't remember like when i've actively burned something out of anger that's good normally like out of necessity like i'm starting a campfire or something yeah but no it's like i got in a lot of trouble I (laughs) (laughs) i guess like i didn't have um i didn't have a lot of relationships before college and uh by that like i'm pretty sure had like this happened to me in uh in high school then i would have been um like yeah i want to like do everything like burn pictures and letters and stuff but like in college i was at least a little more wary of like (laughs) at the very least fire so have you never felt the urge to like outright burn something have you seen the spy who dumped me yes um i watched that a couple weeks ago surprisingly enjoyable movie it it was fun it was like not high art but i had a good time had a lot of solid laughs but that scene where they're burning his all of his stuff yeah um like i just thinking of that um and then when he gets mad at them they're like we left you a message telling you we were gonna burn it (laughs) um uh that uh yeah that movie come for kate mckinnon Stay for the rest of it, because yeah. it's actually, like, an enjoyable ride. Yeah. I will also say, before we get back onto The Wish, that movie averted one of my least favorite, like, modern-day comedy movie tropes of, like, the friend breakup. There's always, in that type of movie, where the two best friends who have been friends forever, you know... Oh, get, like, get into a fight, get into and a then, fight. like, don't want to talk to each other for, like, one act of the movie. Yeah. And I loved that that movie, like, do- doesn't doesn't even go there at all. They are, the two of them are always so supportive of one another through thick and thin. I was like, that is so nice to see. Like, mm. anyway, this is not a The Spy Who Dumped Me podcast. But what uh, if it were? Gosh, can we make a whole podcast about that? <laughs> I mean, it would probably be like a one episode podcast. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, so they all go to, so they're at school, uh, it's Monday, as Willow previously pointed out, she's kind of, like, 
staying near Oz's locker because she really wants to like talk to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that uh, she brings up Amy, who we haven't really seen in a while. Yeah, um, not since Bewitched not since, Bothered, uh, and, Bewitched Bewildered. Bothered and Bewildered. Um, but yeah, uh, and they said like, oh, Amy saw Cordelia at the mall and she looked kind of scary. And then like, I love when Cordelia like gets out of her car mm-hmm. because there needs to be like, I mean, the music that played is funny, but like if they could have played like a really hard rock version of the bitch is back. Oh like, yeah. That'd be so good. Cause like they Cordy's definitely couldn't like, afford it. Yeah. <laughs> We need the rights to one Elton John song. Nope. <laughs> you got you want that, then you gotta go without vampire fangs for a whole season. <laughs> so this um, outfit she's wearing is fucking awesome. Yep. Um and I had I had three thoughts when I saw it. it was oh damn she fine. And then my second thought was, you're not allowed to wear that in a high school. And then my third thought was this outfit is doing nothing to convince me that Charisma Carpenter is a high school student. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a... Um, Remember, this was on the WB, though, and even yeah. before the CW days, like, you, you gotta be hot to be, like, mm-hmm. a main character. Yep. So she's wearing a red skirt that is pretty long, but has a, just a slit all the way up to her waist um it's like angelina jolie at the oscars um and then a matching red top and red jacket um and i'm pretty sure the jacket and the skirt are they're either leather or pleather um yeah and she this is a revenge outfit this is the quintessential Look how hot I fucking am. How dare Look you. Look what you're missing out Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, that's about as much as confident Cordelia as we get. It's uh, undercut pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the uh, Of course, if you want to have like an episode focusing a lot on Cordelia, then Harmony has to show up. Harmony! Which she does. And um, she has like the usual like high school mean girl flunkies but Mm -hmm. uh now they have like a new friend yes um and her name is anya anya hi anya hello anya nice to uh, meet you yes i am i'm really excited i I don't know how like how much i can go into detail here because like yeah yeah but um i will say this like uh anya is played by the uh fabulous Yes, I'm using that word because there's no other word to describe. Fabulous yeah. Emma Caulfield. Yeah. And um, she was actually the first celebrity I met at a convention. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was like the very first time I went to C2E2. And um, we weren't really sure like how things worked uh, when we went there. But um, we saw like in the program that like uh, she was kind of like doing some separate things from uh like the main like guests like get your photo off get your autograph she was actually like working on a comic i believe so Mm. she was at that publishing uh table and so yeah we went there and got to meet her and she was awesome i've got a i've got a picture of her and a really young me uh, (laughs) next to each other it's pretty awesome um Um, 
we we immediately realize though that Anya's a little more um we'll say on the ball than Harmony. Um she she recognizes that Cordelia's bag is Gucci. And um so we there's a instant a, um a instant kinship. uh yeah. Um, instant recognition of like oh a kindred spirit yes um and then harmony just goes full like full bitch mode on cordelia when she um at first she makes it seem like oh yeah like you know what you need like we're here for you like it's good to have you back and we've got like a we've got like the perfect guy for you to rebound on Xander with. Mm -hmm. And like, they just go like, Oh, he's a stallion. And, um, they show Jonathan sitting on the steps drinking a big gulp. Yes. (laughs) And I feel, so this is like, obviously mean to Cordelia, but it's also mean to Jonathan. It is. Um, and, uh, yeah. And like, there's no world where these two would ever get together. Mm -hmm. Not just because, no, and it's not because, like, the whole, like, oh, she's popular and hot and he's, like, geeky and awkward. It's more like their personalities don't really yeah. match up. He's and, made uh, for Paris Geller. I mean. <laughs> Just a little bit of a name change, a little <laughs> bit more of, like, a, a little bit more of a can-do attitude. Yeah. And then you got, then you got <laughs> Mr. Doyle. Oh. I do like in this moment though there is like they it's it's not dwelled upon but I think even Cordy recognizes that this is really shitty for Jonathan too because they they have a brief moment after the Cordettes leave um, where they just make eye contact and both just kind of look at each other sadly and I think um, that's and, and yeah that's an important thing to say because I mean season one Cordelia would never given him the time of day mm-hmm. but like all that Cordelia's been through and the fact that she's hung around with people who aren't like vapidly obsessed with themselves for a good deal of time. Like it's rubbed off on her. Yeah. I mean, she wants, she she wants to go back, but she can't, but that's a good thing. Yeah. It just doesn't Um, seem like it because high school's fucking awful. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then we get this really low key devastating scene between Oz and Willow. Um, Oz goes to his locker. Willow kind of ambushes him um, to be like, to apologize and like, what can I do to get you back? And Oz basically just tells her like, I've already asked you to give me space. You won't do it. So it just kind of feels like you just want to make yourself feel better. And that's your problem, not mine. And yeah. And once again, Oz is like, dead on right yeah king of emotional maturity that being said i mean i i can totally relate to willow not in a good way i can relate (laughs) to her because like if something happens like that and a relationship ends or you think it's about to end then the first thing you want to do is like the first thing that some people want to do is go into like panic mode and like how can i fix this what can i do what can i do Mm -hmm. and like the idea of just not doing anything is nerve-wracking and insane. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's what it's got to be. And she needs to learn that. Yeah. Um, no, giving someone... I think giving someone space is the hardest thing you can do in a relationship. It is so difficult. I still have difficulty doing it sometimes. 
like when John John's like I need some space right now I sometimes I'm like okay and then 20 minutes later I'm like you've had space like um it's it's really difficult and it is it's selfish like but um yeah and your your relationship is so your relationship is like so intimate like that it um it it kind of like becomes but here's me explaining your relationship (laughs) to you but i'm just like relationships that's serious in general it like become like the person becomes like a part of you Mm -hmm. and if they're like asking you to stay away that's like oh i'm not like supposed to be in like i'm not supposed to be in sync with all the parts of me now and like yeah it feels weird it feels like a piece of you is you know missing like whether it's for a day a week or just a couple hours yeah yeah um so i i do yeah i applaud oz's emotional maturity here and it does seem um in what little we see of willow of real willow in the aftermath of this that she does take his what he says seriously um so so i'm gonna say assuming that's that that continues good for willow too for listening and respecting and like i i think um i think maybe like one of the reasons that she's like been so in um that she's been so in oz's face is because i don't think he ever like it doesn't seem like he ever actually broke up with her Mm -hmm. like he says i need space and that doesn't like always necessarily mean break up with true um so maybe she's like holding out hope yeah um but uh cordelia sees xander and um so she just like (laughs) grab even the wiki uh, agrees that he is totally random here's the wiki here's what the wiki says cordelia spots xander walking towards her and asks a random jock named john lee to come near her (laughs) so and then she she's basically just trying to make xander so fucking jealous Mm -hmm. and i mean it works yeah because xander has the emotional maturity of a mailbox um (laughs) hey now my mailbox is extremely mature uh, an an average mailbox okay we all know how we all know how like honor roll your mailbox is (laughs) real overachiever but yeah so like um she makes it look like she's randomly she's just like going at this guy but really she just like asks if um if there's anything in her teeth yeah but from xander's perspective it looks like she's making out with him and um so xander like very clever uh, like on her feet thinking like i was impressed by by how quickly she came up with this this maneuver I feel like at this point, we're, this is still Cordelia's power zone. Mm-hmm. So it's like... <laughs> Maybe this I isn't the first anything, time. Yeah, if I know anything, I know how to like piss somebody off. <laughs> um, but uh, John Lee is... Um, he says like, oh yeah, so I'm like kind of on second string now or whatever. Like some, some high school sports nonsense. Yeah. And he's basically like, he can't be seen with Xander Harris's cast off. Ooh. Even though, even though he says like, Oh, maybe if you want to go somewhere a little more private, which (laughs) fuck you, man. Yeah. And she is you. 
Like, what, yeah, shitty thing to say, shitty thing to do to a person. And she's just so, like, she's devastated. Like, this is that not... That being said, like, Cordelia did try to use him. So she's not totally, she's not totally free of blame here. But at the That's same fair. time, like, to say, oh, I don't want to be seen with you, but I'm totally fine with making out in a closet. Like... I guess Jeez, there are a little bit of just to... desserts going around. <laughs> but yeah, and so um so yeah, so Cordelia like gets pretty angry, but then um she sees Anya. Yeah. Anya's has a line here uh talking about harmony and she says if that girl had an original thought her head would explode. <laughs> 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 which is oh yeah so accurate huh. <laughs> uh, i just love how harmony keeps popping up oh she's great like, she's she's just a really good like minor recurring character always good for a laugh like i i i, I heavily enjoy the presence of harmony whenever she's around yeah, and, like, all props to Mercedes McNabb for that. Yeah. Cordelia and Anya are with some people at the Bronze, and Xander, Willow, and Buffy are all sitting on a couch. And, um, like, Cordelia's trying to have, like, a conversation and, like, kind of laughing, but, like, also looking at Xander. And Xander, of course, does the most mature thing ever and just says, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ha, like, does the whole, like, oh, look, we're having a good time, even though he's laughing at nothing. Yep. And, like, I... Xander's Xander's outfit in this scene like it's noticeable that this that his button-down shirt is like two sizes too big for him yep because like the the cuff of his sleeve is just like almost over his whole hand and I'm like god man dress like an adult <laughs> I don't think there was ever a point in my life in high school or otherwise granted in high school we had a strict dress code of like yeah button down shirt and tie but even if i was like it not right now because it's summer but like in the winter in the fall and winter months i'm like i i often pair up like a button down shirt with my uh with like a t-shirt that i have similar to xander style but here's the thing they fit me mm -hmm. i mean god xander it's i get that like it's still the 90s and that baggy clothes are still a thing but Someone has to tell him, besides Cordelia, that they just don't look good on him. <laughs> but yeah, and like, so yeah, so. I agree. So Buffy, Buffy, <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. It needed to be said. It needed to be said. <laughs> Buffy, Willow, and Xander are basically all like deciding to say like, um, oh, let's, you know, let's seize the day and start living this thing called life and everything yep. carpe diem <laughs> and give up immediately yeah um i also just want to note buffy has a line when xander's trying to like encourage this like us against cordelia thing she's like it feels a little weird like having this like rivalry with her and i was like where was this attitude a couple weeks ago buffy <laughs> yeah and <laughs> i think um I think a big thing here is that Buffy didn't ask Cordelia until now how she was doing. Mm -hmm. And it didn't seem like, it seemed like nobody did. 
So yeah, um, because well, like, I in mean, fairness, she had been isolating herself. Like she hadn't yeah. been back to school. I would imagine if she wasn't taking calls from Xander, she definitely wasn't taking calls from Willow. I, I'd yeah. be willing to bet if if Buffy had tried, which doesn't seem like she did, she wouldn't have gotten through either. But yeah, um, Buffy says she's Buffy is going to the bar to buy chocolate mm-hmm. because that's what you do at like a bar for teens, and then uh, <laughs> she at the third best club in Sunnydale, <laughs> and um, Buffy like uh, Cor- she sees Cordelia leave the bronze. And so um, Buffy goes out there to, like, try to say, like, hey, are you doing all right? And um, she tries to... She tries to um, say that... uh, She tries to, like, give Cordelia some advice. Like, hey, it helps to talk to friends and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I I appreciate the sentiment. And this will, like, contradict, like, just what I just said. But, like... (laughs) You are kind of one of the last people that she wants to see. Like, maybe number three on the list? See, I don't know. I I think, yes, typically you're right. But I do think this act of Buffy reaching out, it, to me, it looks like Cordelia in that, like, split second before the vampire attacks them. It does look like Cordelia is going to open up to Buffy about how she's feeling. Yeah. Um, but then she gets thrown into garbage and her stitches are pulled and, yeah. you know, um, I don't know. That was my read of the scene, but it could have been that Cordelia was about to be like, hey, Buffy, fuck off. Um, <laughs> Couldn't get it by the network. Exact, so. <laughs> so into but the yeah. garbage she goes. But yeah, like uh, Buffy takes care of a um, takes care of a vampire but in the process, like, Cordelia's pushed into garbage. When she gets up, um, like, Harmony and everybody sees her there. Mm-hmm. And and they're just like, oh, good luck or whatever. Blah, 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 and then walk away because, like, they suck. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Cordelia just angrily says, well, there's a piece of trash in her hair. <laughs> like, this is all your fault. Mm-hmm. And... Why me? me Why am I the one who gets impaled? So it reminds me of uh, this scene in The Big Bang Theory when, um, when, uh, like, basically, uh, it's, it was, like, post, uh, Penny and Leonard breakup, but then they, like, uh, Penny wants to, like, pretend to get back together with Leonard so that it'll, like, appease her dad. And, um... That seems healthy. Yeah, and so... Oh, (laughs) <laughs> sir we don't have time to go into all that but um so sheldon like uh leonard's roommate for anybody who doesn't know anything about the big bang theory um very like obsessive compulsive and really needs like um he has a relationship agreement that um he uh he basically drafted for leonard and penny when they first started dating so now he's like guess i'll have to draft a new one and so at the end of the episode, he comes in with this pile of papers. <laughs> and of course, like, and of course, like Leonard and Penny, like, admitted, like, hey, we can't get back together, like, even if we want to. And so, like, Penny leaves. Sheldon comes in with a stack of papers. He's like, all right, I'm ready to have this signed and notarized. Oh and, and Leonard says, actually, it's uh, not happening. And so, 
Oh my god. All all props to Jim Parsons on this on this. He throws the paper up into the air and like it all like comes flying down but one piece and you know this wasn't planned. You absolutely know this wasn't planned because it was too perfect. One piece lands and stays like nestled between his shoulder <laughs> and his head. He doesn't move at all. He doesn't break. Like the audience is laughing their asses off and he just says like do you ever think about how other people feel, Leonard? <laughs> and then just walks out. And, nice. Like, I just remember, like, that piece of paper in that scene. Like, it was absolutely perfect, and I loved it. <laughs> oh. Sorry about the, like, sorry about the tangent. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to uh, Cordelia, who's, uh... Yeah, she... There's a nice, like, quick little cut. Yeah, it's when she, really like, good. Yeah, like, it seems like she's about to go off on Buffy, but then it cuts to, um, and for all we know, she did. Yeah. But it cuts oh, to Oh, you know she did. It cuts to Cordelia talking to Anya just about, like, oh, you know what? Ever since Buffy showed up, like, this has been the most, re- like, my life has been terrible. I've had the worst luck ever. And um, she says, like... It's because of Buffy showing up that Xander hanging out with Buffy made him look slightly hotter <laughs> and made her consider being with Xander in the first place. Yep. Which, I mean, makes sense a little bit because, I mean, for me, it'd be the other way around. It would be like, oh, I, um, <laughs> I I guess I have to hang out with this doofus guy just to be around uh, Buffy Summers. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, and uh, so Anya says like, "Oh, you know what?" Gives her like the necklace, mm-hmm. and she says, tries like, to um, steer this conversation back towards Xander, but Cordelia is really not having it. Um, she's she's really I mean, fixated on this Buffy thing, which I mean that's on Cordelia. Yeah, <laughs> like it. You, you really do need to you really do need to like have some perspective and trying to blame this all on Buffy. I mean, maybe this is just pin up from homecoming or something, but <laughs> Oh yeah. Cordelia is lacking any sort of perspective. She's just really latched on to this, this one thing that she can blame all of her problems on. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, which I mean, is it's kind of like realistic. us. We blame everything on Xander. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so that's when cordelia says uh i wish buffy summers had never come to sunnydale and this is when anya uh turns around uh her face is all veiny and demony (laughs) and she just says dungeon um and yeah we get this uh there's like a flash of light and um we are in uh like a totally i mean we're in the same location but it's um anya's gone uh buffy and the scoobies are gone there's only a and couple everybody's students. wearing like and everybody's wearing just awful drab looking clothing yeah and it's um it yeah it, yeah it just looks Everything's run down, dreary, um, and... Yeah, you don't really know what's happening, but, uh... 
yeah cordelia cotton's on pretty quick though she's just like i wish she she does some things and not others well no it's like because um she immediately almost immediately realized that she's in another reality where buffy never came to sunnydale yeah like because like she even says when she's talking to mercedes in class like um, oh oh yeah like i forgot like oh in this reality you guys must not have blah 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 (laughs) and um yeah so yeah it is weird that she's like how how quickly she like catches on to the fact that they're in a different reality but like it takes her forever to figure out that willow and xander are vampires later (laughs) yeah but um mercedes mercedes does make the like they keep saying mercedes i think you mean harmony i do (laughs) that's my weird thing um the yeah um harmony and uh Harmony and the gang are like, oh, like your dress, but like, I mean, it's, it's kind so of a, bold. Yeah, it is so bold. And um, but yeah, like uh, Cordelia is kind of just like asking them to like catch up on like, oh, like uh, what's a winter brunch, and uh, why is there like a memorial and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, but she's like, oh, is Xander hair's like really depressed and like is that Willow Rosenberg friend of his not even a blip on the radar? And they're like. Well, no, they're dead. Yeah. Um, one little detail that I love in this: there's like six students in there in this class, uh, and even in this kind of like post-apocalyptic reality, all the students have chosen seats towards the, seat back, the back of the class. <laughs> there's like nobody up front. No, that actually is a, like a really nice detail because the halls are noticeably less crowded. Um, mm-hmm. Like. Uh, right before the wish happened you see um you see like people kind of like walking the quads in sunnydale high yeah but then it's like bustling. it's like it, yeah it's like empty like in the in this alternate reality it's empty there's like garbage flying everywhere and uh yeah it's it's it, uh, david greenwald really nails like getting this aesthetic down yes yeah the aesthetic is the exact word i was about to use too it's just like he like what does this world look like? He does he does a bang up job. There's only one detail that I'll we'll get to in a second that I find like, wait what that that's kind of weird. But um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, this is where Cordelia learns that um, there's a curfew that so they all need to get home. Um, she suggests going to the bronze. And that the even the cordettes are like, like, whoa! Don't what's wrong with you? Why would you even joke about that? Um, yeah, which like which totally makes sense because I can't even think of like a real world equivalent of that. It's like, oh hey, like um, you guys want to go? Uh, you guys want to go get a drink in like the tiger den or something like that at the zoo? <laughs> right? yes i do um so cordelia this is this is my one thing that i do find a little weird and i'm gonna i want to know if you have any thoughts on why this is here she goes to find her car parking lot is empty and she talks to this janitor she's pretty racist towards this janitor um yeah and but he says that students aren't allowed to drive 
And my question is why? Like that that is the one detail in this this wish verse that doesn't make sense to me like what about vampires running the town says to me like students should be able to drive so they can get home quicker before sundown so my uh, that's what happens to Cordelia here my reading of that is um that if students have cars then they're more likely to think that they're safe um to go out at night like oh, oh like i can get i can get over to my friend's house because i'll be driving and it'll be quick because um so like they're kind of focusing on like the curfew being enough to keep them at home okay um i mean it is kind of ageist because i mean like i'm pretty sure like college people and hell even like people in their 20s would be would be like the same way mm-hmm. but um that's that was my takeaway from it okay. like I it can, uh i can i can i can i can accept that like it's kind of like um the handmaid's tale i was almost thinking um like that's kind of what came to my head now like they like of the many liberties they got like obviously they aren't allowed to like own cars mm-hmm. um it's just like stay in your house yeah um or if you have to go to the store, you have to walk, and you have to walk in pairs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can. I can. I can accept that. Um, Cordelia fails to get home before sunset, um, and this is where she runs into uh, Xander. Hot and Willow. Willow and hot Xander. Uh, you know, I almost feel bad for Zan- Z- Vampire Xander because Vampire Xander is pretty cool, but just immediately upstaged by Vampire Willow. Yeah. <laughs> like... I feel like Vampire Xander is how cool Xander has always thought himself to be. Mm-hmm. How much he's deluded himself into thinking like, oh, if like I rule the world, this is how cool I would be or whatever. But Willow... This is probably not a side that Willow's ever seriously considered being. This is not, like, a way that she's ever considered being. So, like, it seems very out of place for her. And yeah. later on, the season becomes, like, more important. Um, that's a really cool thing about this episode. It sets up so many good things for later on. Yeah. Um, and also has a really nice, some really nice throwbacks, too. I agree. Uh, um, will one of the big one we'll get to soon? But I, when he showed up, I was like, "Yay, the master!" Yep, the drama queen's back. <laughs> oh my god, at his drama queeniest. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, they are uh, so yeah. A Willow and Xander are um, wearing like just some hot clothes. Xander's wearing like. A leather jacket that fits him mm-hmm. with like the yep. white with the white shirt and everything like very kind of like um almost uh almost like a t-bird from greece but like attractive mm. so because <laughs> uh, let's be honest nobody in that gang was attractive outside of john travolta no but um and i'm allowed to say that because I played one of the members of that gang when I was in Greece many, many years ago. Who were you? I was Sunny. I was uh, also the teen angel that sang Beauty School Dropout. Okay. So, right. No, I have a DVD of it. So, like, um, next time we get to hang out, I'm, 
You want to <laughs> see like sophomore year Jason in his first big role ever. You can see that. It's, I do want to see that. It's hilarious to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, and then like Willow, ugh, Willow's just like knocking it out of the park. Leather pants, like uh, like a leather like corset. Um, yeah, it. <laughs> and she does this like evil baby talk, which really shouldn't work. Yeah, and her but, first like, her first line really is, does. Her first line is bored now, and mm-hmm. be, and uh, let's just say that line comes back at some bored very now. opportune times. Yeah. in uh in the series so hold on to board now Bored um now. but yeah and um so they're about to um so xander knocks cordelia out and they're like about to just eat her um oh should note that uh she says she says like oh like where's buffy like mm-hmm. buffy can like fix everything so she doesn't seem really in touch she doesn't really seem too excited about this uh about this um like alternate reality like and it's only been a couple of hours so yeah it does not take her long to be like yikes yep she regrets it and uh so they're like wait a minute the slayer and so that's when they're like oh yeah we're definitely gonna eat her um but as they're about to uh feed um (laughs) the a van pulls up and it's the White Hats, which yes. consists of um, Giles, Oz, and Larry. Yep. And uh, so I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember who Larry is in like the regular. Larry is. Um, was the... he that guy who like thought that, who thought that Xander was gay? Yes. And okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, that's Larry. Gotcha. Yeah. Had to had to remember it. Um, who is nancy though the other member of their team we meet in the library no fucking clue she does not ever appear in any other episode but yeah but uh they basically get um they get cordelia into oz's van and uh they go to the library and uh i just want to say we always talk about how much of a good boy oz is he is like even in this messed up world he's still on the side of good yep so Good boy, Oz. <laughs> yeah. Um, makes no sense that they would go to the library. Uh, they should have gone to one of their homes, but anyway. Yeah. But I mean, that's I'm like that's where Giles has all the books. Yeah. <laughs> Giles sends uh, uh, Oz, Nancy, and Larry out to watch the perimeter, um, while he takes care of um, takes care of Cordelia. And uh, then we go to the bronze, which has now become the third most popular club in Sunnydale for vampires. <laughs> They've got and, humans in cages. They got humans tied to pool tables. So, so people coming, people coming to Sunnydale. The hottest club in Sunnydale is the bronze. We've it's got everything. People in cages, people tied to pool tables, and, and, and there's a blood dispenser. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to do the, I'm trying to do like the, uh, the hands. 
Um, <laughs> so this is where we get uh, our reintroduction to the master. Yay! He's, he's pissed because he's trying to feed off this girl and she keeps looking at him. Don't look at me during, god damn it. <laughs> um this is where Xander um let tells the master about the um uh their their interaction with Cordelia, specifically um the mention of the slayer. Um so the master basically is like we need to sends them to kill Cordelia so that um, she doesn't have a chance to summon Buffy to Sunnydale um, because the plant is opening. I'm like, uh, I'm really excited about uh, how this is depicted because, um, Mm -hmm. because it makes sense. Buffy wasn't there to stop the master from being able to like leave his little cave and uh yeah he was able to um like harvest and yeah. uh because that was happening that was in the process of happening when she arrived right right when buffy arrived and it makes a ton of sense um also like there's no mention of spike because i think the only reason that spike showed up in the first place was because um they probably heard that the master was killed and so like oh there's like there's a new um there's like new yeah. uh well they did blood open they did come to sunnydale to heal cordelia or not cordelia to drusilla, drusilla. Uh, um yeah, that's right so it's possible they they came to sunnydale met no resistance got her all healed up and then left um or or, or he, he was just like yeah, i don't want to fuck with the master we'll find another way and um, honestly, this kind of like, this does make me a little sad because, I mean, you think like the master vampire would be like a huge villain in the Buffy verse. And I mean, he is, he's the big bad of the first season. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, is like, apart from this, his story is kind of done. Yeah. Um, and it ends fairly early. So it honestly would have been kind of cool to see like what would have happened if he had remained like the big bad of the series um like and and i think this is like kind of a nice look at that it's like oh so like what would have happened if he'd been able to leave if he'd been able to like uh do um if he'd been able to like personally kill people and do like the make the crazy blood milking machine that comes up later um but yeah um he does mention yeah and you already said that uh that he sent out um, Xander and Xander and Willow to kill Cordelia because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, because like Cordelia mentioned the Slayer, and so like we don't want the Slayer showing up. Uh, yeah. Um. So back at the library, um, Cordelia wakes up and she's telling Giles, um, basically like this isn't right. Uh, I. You know, we have to fix it. I shouldn't have made the wish, blah, blah, blah. And Giles just kind of ignores her until she asks him why he's in Sunnydale and Buffy's not since he was her watcher. And Giles is like, WT fuck. Uh, 
No one knows I was a watcher. Um, what the H-E double hockey sticks? <laughs> um, but unfortunately, at that moment, um, Xander and Willow show up. Giles is locked in the book cage and they kill Cordelia. Which now that is such I a completely. Well, I was right, gonna say I completely forgot that happened, like, because mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've seen this episode. Uh, I remember like the things that came out of this episode, but I completely forgot that um, that happened because honestly, and I wanted to like get to this eventually, but um, when it comes to sci-fi and fantasy shows, the uh, the idea of like having an alternate reality um episode that uh consists of like what would have happened if the main if like the events that start the series didn't occur Mm -hmm. look like that's that's a very common uh trope to have alternate universes in general but this one specifically um but normally when you see something like this the person who made the wish or caused this to happen they're the focus of the episode Mm -hmm. and they're the ones who typically have to make it right so the fact that like Cordelia's just killed off is and like that's it for her in this episode until the very end is like that's shocking. It's very like, shocking. It's pretty ballsy. Like Yeah. It um I I feel like up to that point you do have a sense of um um it, it i i would say it unmoors the audience cuz cuz yeah, it's such a as you said, it's such a thing like Cordelia is going to figure out a way to fix this. Um, and I would even be willing to bet that most audience members who are genre savvy probably were like, oh, she's probably going to realize she has to smash the necklace at some point. Um, because that's such a that's such a trope. But then, yeah, she's killed. Then you're going, wait, hold on. How's this going to get fixed then? She's the only one who knew... That this yeah, was, was able, a thing. She was able to tell Giles just, like, a little bit yeah. of the details. She didn't get a chance to, like, go into the whole thing. Um, I'm, like, in, like, I constantly, like, I'm thinking of two other instances that remind me of this episode um, that stick out. There's a, there's an episode of Doctor Who called Turn Left. Ah, so And good. Um, fantastic. And, uh... It doesn't. It doesn't say like, oh, what happened to the doctor? Like, never came to Earth. Um, it's actually like kind of like really cool. Just like, oh, what would have happened if I had like, if I had turned right today instead of turning left, and that causes like a whole chain reaction of things for like the Earth to be yeah. in like shitty shape, and Donna Noble's the only one who knows about it. Um, I also, um, I've recently been watching Shira. And mm-hmm. the Princesses of Power on Netflix, and uh, I just finished the third season, which was fairly short, but ended with um, a nice little kind of multi-episode arc that had this like same thing, like they are transported into a reality where what would have happened if Adora had never left um, the Fright Zone and become Shira, mm-hmm. and uh, that I, I guess both of those and this episode are both really great examples of that trope um especially yeah. like especially the she episode because it has so like as far as i like it just seems like it's going to have 
so many consequences going forward like it gives that impression i haven't seen anything past that episode um but yeah it was so good just like this this is really really good yeah um the um they leave uh giles escapes the cage but uh cordelia is as we said dead um oz and larry return uh just let us down nancy got killed it almost makes me feel like what was the point of nancy um who knows oh giles does tell just does tell uh larry and oz to take uh cordelia's body the incinerator mm-hmm. which hey yeah that sucks but at the same time they need to like it's like in Game of Thrones when they have to burn the dead. Like, yeah. you can't let them rise and, like, add more to the ranks of the undead. Yeah. Um, and presumably this happens a lot. So even if, like... Because it doesn't look like they ever sired Cordelia, but you also just got to get rid of that body. Like, yeah. Can't leave corpses lying around the library again. But Giles does... uh notice the necklace and takes it off of her because he wants to like loot the body or something no 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 (laughs) (laughs) ripper comes out (laughs) no he like yeah he probably thinks that like there's something interesting about it so that's why he takes it off but yeah um so that's what happens to cordelia in this uh in this alternate universe she um she gets incinerated (laughs) sorry like a really hot guy just like jogged past my house but harrison i'm right here (laughs) (laughs) anyway Uh, like uh yeah so the master pours himself out a little espresso of blood and (laughs) i kind of wonder do you think there's like any difference in um like from like drinking that from that or drinking that from like another fountain like do you think that there's like a difference in taste or is he just doing it to like look prim and proper and everything like look uh i i i think the latter i think he is such a drama queen and he loves his (laughs) he loves his little espresso blood machine he yeah i yeah all of this tracks with my my impression of the master. Like we don't get to see him out in the world much in season one. Um, but oh yeah. man, that's what I should have done for that third part of the Stefan thing. Like, and there's a Nespresso machine. What's a Nespresso machine? It's an espresso machine with blood fresh from the neck. <laughs> Um, oh man, I'm I'm not good at comedy. <laughs> they Willow and Xander show up and let them know that they uh, they they succeeded in their mission, and Willow, as a reward, wants to play with the puppy. Um, which the oh, master Drusilla's puppy, <laughs> the master <laughs> grants not Miss Sunshine, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sunshine. Um, <laughs> we, we get a brief, uh, we get a brief cut back to Giles, um, 
who calls uh, Buffy's uh, watcher in this reality. Uh, we learn that Buffy is stationed in Cleveland, where there is a Hellmouth as well. This is, um, I think, the beginning of that, isn't it? Yes. This is this the beginning is... of that ongoing joke that there are two Hellmouths, one in Sunnydale, which is and obviously one. the focus of the series, yeah. and one in Cleveland. Um, which is also, I mean, that's hilarious, but it also is a good, as you said, like, this is kind of the episode's turn left moment. Um, that, or that was that, like, Buffy went to Cleveland instead of going to Sunnydale. And we don't know the details of that. We don't know if... Or she went, like, somewhere probably near Cleveland. Yeah. And, like, the... Fe- and, but, I mean, like, a, a Hellmouth just attracts, like, all the, uh... All of the ridiculous, uh, demons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Buffy's Watcher doesn't, uh know where she is basically she um she hasn't checked in but giles leaves a message with her um or that's an interesting thing because i feel like i feel like more often than not but um giles can get a hold of buffy when he needs her or mm-hmm. he knows how to get a hold yeah. of her so it's it's yet She's another got her thing beeper. Like, oh buffy's yeah buffy's like a little buffy's a little different well she's a lot of different in this reality but um yeah that's kind of like a little tip off um so now we get to meet puppy uh willow goes to cage spoiler alert you've met him before (laughs) (laughs) uh there is a man lying in the cage uh willow's pouting because it's daytime and she wants she she doesn't like the daytime obviously but she's excited because she gets to play um and puppy is angel yeah and there are lots of um like burn marks on him and sores and stuff because Um, uh she does have to open his shirt because mm -hmm. uh, angel's chest has to be visible like (laughs) it's in david's contract (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like and basically find out that Willow's kind of, like, been using matches to, uh... Mm-hmm. To torture to like him. Bur- yeah, to torture him. And, uh, Xander's there. He gives Willow the matches and says, like, oh, he just likes watching, which... Holy shit. We know that Xander has a hard-on for bad things happening to Angel. We know that he has a hard-on for Willow, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Willow doing bad shit to Angel, like... How does he just not cream himself <laughs> right there? <laughs> probably, the only reason is probably that he doesn't have, like, the personal connection to Angel in this reality. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be Sploosh City. <laughs> and then I jizzed in my pants. <laughs> um, I love this bit where he tosses the match to, like, a lit match at Angel, and Willow gets mad at him, and she's like, Careful! You almost got my hair. So back on the Giles side of things, um, he um, Giles is researching and he finds uh, Anya's necklace um, and learns that she is a demon called Anyanka, uh, the patron saint of scorned women. So one thing we forgot to mention, I do love that like the minute that um, the wish happens uh, and 
Cordy gets like a little bit of her bearings. She's like, oh, she must have been some kind of good fairy. And and now they're referring to her as the bad fairy, which I love. Yeah, it's good. Um, they, they learn, the White Hats learn that Anyanka grants wishes which I, as an audience, we have figured out. Um, he sends Oz and Larry home, and as he's heading home to find do more research, he's starting he, to put um, it together that like because Cordelia did say that like she made a wish, yeah. So he's kind of like starting to put it all together. Like, oh, Cordelia made a wish to Anyanka. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's realizing what he's starting to put the pieces together. Um. On his way back to his own apartment, he uh, he spots some vampires um, attacking some people, trying to get them into a truck. Um, he frees the people, but is overcome by the vampires until he is saved. Sarah Connor shows up. <laughs> but for real, though. The, yeah, like, no, like immediately when they showed Buffy, I'm like, this is her Sarah Connor look. Yeah, and that has to be on purpose. Like, it's too, it's too specific not to be a deliberate homage to to Sarah Connor. Um, but yeah, she and it is looks great. <laughs> yeah, she's um she's wearing a tank, like uh, combat pants, boots. She's got a scar over her lip. Um, but we immediately see that she is very different from the Buffy we know. She's no nonsense she's um she's hard i mean i think that's the the easiest way to describe her i've seen i've seen people be like that people say that she's like faith in this episode and i i i don't agree with that at all she it actually kind of reminds me now that i've seen it it reminds me of like remember when she had that like freak out moment with giles and the unaired pilot about mm-hmm. how like she had to watch her watcher die yeah um it kind of reminds me of like what track she would have been on like that's the track that she was heading on to like get to here and uh unfortunately not a lot of people know about that because it was an unaired pilot so yeah uh but yeah that's that's what it reminded me of yeah she um she uh goes back to giles's apartment um and giles kind of fills her in on this um he explains that Anyanka's power lies in the, uh, the her power center, and if destroyed, uh, the wish will be reversed. Um, Buffy doesn't really care. She, um, she has a she has a line where he he says something of like this isn't the uh, I don't remember what he says about like this isn't there's a better world or something, and Buffy just says, "Well, I have to live in this one." Um, she wants to know how to kill Anyanka. Um, but then she finds out about the master. Yeah. There is a great line, though, real quick, before we get to the master, where she's like, um, she's like, you know, stake to the heart. Is that how I kill her? And Giles is like, no, that's she's not a vampire. And she goes, well, you know, you'd be surprised how many things that kills. Um, <laughs> which is... But yeah, but when Giles... Yeah, when Giles mentions the master, then uh, Buffy uh, is just like, "Oh, well, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go kill him." Yeah, <laughs> here she, I go. Kill, <laughs> here I go killing again. <laughs> she, 
and she she's very harshly is like you know where he lives why why hasn't anyone tried to kill him and giles says people have tried people have tried yeah um so yeah but like uh buffy gets to the bronze but it's empty so she checks everywhere including the basement and that's where she finds angel puppy and uh <laughs> and um angel recognizes her because mm. remember from becoming whistler showed angel buffy while she was at her old school yeah so her pre-sunnydale school like basically right when she gets called to be a slayer and uh so angel says that he had been waiting for her uh but she never came and uh so that's also like a really good it's also like a really that's really good writing because they're able to reference like another thing that like had to have happened um before uh like the wish took effect yeah so i like that it's a great callback um although i will admit um, the very first time i ever watched this episode i remember forgetting that detail so when he sees her i was like wait why is angel immune to the to the alternate reality is it because he has a soul and then like they explained it i was like oh yeah it's that's why but yeah, Buffy. Um, Buffy lets him go. She doesn't really want him to come. Uh, to come with him to wear the mask to fight the master, but like he rips open his shirt, shows <laughs> yeah, off his scars, and like, you may not trust me, but trust that I want him dead. And so it's like, all right, let's go kill the master. At this point, at the at the manual, at the manual. What the fuck am I saying? <laughs> at the plant, the master somehow master and plant transformed into the word manual in my brain that is interesting (laughs) at the plant uh the master gives a big dramatic speech um (laughs) and yeah he displays this basically um they've got a bunch of human prisoners including larry and oz um who have also been way to not get captured guys yeah great job team um at least nancy had the good sense to get killed um, white hats more like you suck <laughs> um he drags one of the uh the prisoners out of the cage it's actually one of harmony's uh little gang who had like one line earlier in oh, the episode. i didn't even notice that um and um she they put her in this machine basically that drains her of her blood while she's still alive um so it's clear that the mayor is going for like maximum thank you the master um is going for like maximum efficiency that is a very easy mistake to make because we're in season three yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and it's i actually while we're on that subject the mayor is conspicuously absent in this episode um i imagine in this alternate reality one of the first things the master did was probably make sure that the mayor got taken out yeah he probably realized that the mayor was up to something um that yeah. would require the hellmouth and uh but yeah um so i have to say like the fact that like they then pour this blood that's taken out of this girl into a wine glass and the ma- and the master just holds it up and i'm like oh my god 
Could yeah. you be any more of a ham? No, he could not. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, back at his apartment, Giles summons Anyanka. She is not happy. She's like, do you have any fucking clue what I do to a man who summons me? Um, and Which makes sense because she is like... The patron saint of scorned women. So oh, yeah. The patron demon. So, yeah. Um, um, so, here's yeah, like, kind of where uh, we get... Men appropriating that for their own for their own uh, desires. Can't be too hot on her like list. No. Um, so, here we get a lot of really fast back and forths between these two scenes. So, I think for just the ease, why don't we go through what happens at the plant? Um all in one go and then back at giles's apartment does that i was gonna say like with makes sense to you like with on yanka's stuff like maybe swap those around because okay yeah it's just like not too much happens there because it's like oh on yanka says like um oh this is a this wish made such a fun world and everything and so uh she starts fighting giles because giles realized that he has to destroy the necklace and um he eventually does Mm -hmm. but before he does that now let's go back to the plant see i thought that was easier (laughs) that was easier i'm very proud of you um this fight there's a lot of shit happening in these like next five minutes yeah it's it it is um it's it's intense it's exciting and it is they they went for the most emotional kills possible um in this yeah. in this sequence so buffy fires a crossbow at the at the master um he uses xander as a shield <laughs> <laughs> which let's be honest who wouldn't <laughs> um angel releases all the prisoners and yeah, and then we get this this fight sequence. Um, I love that um, that Oz like immediately just rips off some of the wood from the cage yeah. to use as a stake. I'm like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, it's also very smart. Um, but yeah, uh, so Buffy's fighting. Um, Buffy's fighting a lot of vampires. Xander mm-hmm. tries to attack her. Um, Angel steps in and saves her, but he's staked by Xander, which, mm-hmm. let's be honest, Xander's wet dream in this reality. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff this, about Xander coming in this. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We have talked about Xander's come too much this week. <laughs> I, I think we're done with it. <laughs> um, so... The moment that really gets me is this image of Buffy walking through Angel's ashes, stone-faced. No reaction whatsoever. It is, and it's, yeah. Um, And and then as she does that, she stakes Xander just as dispassionately. Um, And and Oz pushes Willow um, with the help of another guy, like, it's like Larry. It's Larry stage. who's helping. Her. It is Larry. Okay, yeah, yeah or him. Was. But yeah, pushes um pushes Willow onto like the wooden cage because there's still like some wood sticking out from it, 
and she gets dusted yeah and yeah it's like it's such a weird image to see like xander and willow getting dusted yeah um it's and it's it's crazy it's it's done so well just like and because because you know we know that buffy loves angel so to see him watch him get dusted and not react and then to dust one of her best friends and have no reaction to it and willow being dusted without a second thought by oz is like Mm -hmm. and obviously of course we know these aren't really them but it's still just like it hurts my heart no like it's (laughs) yeah it's still it's still shocking but yeah and uh and the um and then there's just like this really cool slow motion of like the master and buffy fighting and um and then there's, like i love this bit of them there's like people fighting between them and they're just pushing them out of the way to get to one another yeah <laughs> it, it does give me a good laugh it, it's awesome but then like uh yeah um buffy ends up fighting the master but uh he eventually just snaps her neck yeah but right as he does that the, like that's when Giles smashes the necklace, and we there's big bright li- bright white light, and Cordelia's there, and she's saying, "I wish Buffy Summers had never come to Sunnydale." And Anya turns around and says, "Done," but then it's just her normal face. Yeah, and she's like, you know what? And then so Cordelia just goes on like. This is actually one of my favorite bits from the episode. Like, no, I wish Buffy Summers was never even born. And Anya's just like, done! Like, she keeps trying <laughs> to make it happen. Especially, like, she the says one something where, like, like... She says, like, I wish Buffy Summers had monkey hair or something. <laughs> yeah, and like... she walks away. And as she's walking away, like, Anya's just like, done! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's but so good. Then, we, then... we do end on some slightly cheesy music as uh xander willow and cordelia are like laughing with giles xander willow um what xander willow and buffy you said xander willow and cordelia fuck me (laughs) you knew but yeah it it actually kind of reminds me of like how that's it how a lot of those shows used to like end with um like the cast just laughing at like one (laughs) final joke or whatever yeah um so yeah, that is the wish. Um, I, you know, one thing I will say there, um, one complaint I've heard from people about this episode that I personally don't agree with is no one remembers the alternate reality. So like, what was the point of it all? But to me, the point is for us. Like, yeah, no, because it's important that we from this see episode, stuff that from this episode, like lines and even characters show up yeah um later on in the uh in the series yeah um but uh that's a that's some stuff for another day but But, also uh, just for buffy's development as a character i mean she talks about in this the beginning of this episode how important her friends are to her and this episode takes the time to show us like this is why it's so important that buffy has these connections to the world um and i i really like that plus the, and this is why wish versus this is cool like the, yeah and the and the impact of buffy's um presence in sunnydale is really felt it's like yeah oh we always we always kind of wonder like oh what would have happened if like she'd never been there now we mm-hmm. like get to see it we get to see the worst case scenario yeah. and i like it 
There is a line in an episode coming up, actually, um, where someone actually asks Buffy, like, are you actually doing that much good here in Sunnydale? And, you know, Buffy doesn't have an answer to it, but we know, yes, yeah, yeah, she is. Um, Also, just as you mentioned, a lot of those callbacks are really cool. The very last one, even the master killing Buffy is, of course, that's what was prophesied to happen um, in the original timeline. So just seeing that come to pass here as well. Once again, highlighting, of course, she didn't have any friends there to save her this time. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I have one little piece of trivia about this episode. Um, so starting in this episode and from now on, when vampires are dusted, we will also see the vampire skeleton as they turn to dust. Um, we never saw that before. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little more money this season. (laughs) Yeah. People are watching the show. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to give this episode um, 4.5 out of 5 uh, human assembly lines. I was also going to give this episode 4.5 out of 5 um, dusted Xanders. And I say 0.5 because... This episode's really, really good. It's definitely one of the episodes, even though I hadn't seen for a while, it's like, I remember this episode because, I mean, one, like, one of my favorite characters makes her first appearance, um, and uh, also, like, there's so much cool stuff going in it, and Mm -hmm. if it's done well, like, an alternate universe story of this kind can be really, really great, and this is really, really great. The only knock I have on it is that it spends a lot more time than I remembered being like in our universe, like yeah. leading up to the Anya, leading up to the actual wish. And I feel like you could have cut a little bit of that out. So then we could have had a little bit more of the wish verse. And I, uh, I agree so with that cool. sentiment. And I actually, I do think that is sometimes an issue with some of these higher concept Buffy episodes is sometimes it does take us a little while and I've mentioned that before. I think I mentioned that in Band Candy um, as an example of an episode where that is not the case, um, where it does, it can take longer into the episode to um, to get to kind of the point. Yeah, and another comment I want to make is like, this is kind of like the first time that uh, I feel like they start moving into the high concept stuff mm-hmm. because I feel like at this point you've done like one, they have the budget to do like higher concept stuff. Um, and two, they have, um, I think like they have more writing freedom now because yeah. they've told, like they put together this world and now they can like, just kind of have fun with it. And that's yeah. like that. And that's, and like, they're going to take, they're going to have like more kind of, obviously there'll still be more monsters of the week. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll be generic. Sometimes they'll be like really, really cool. Like, Whoa, that's, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Hush is kind of like an example of that. Like mm-hmm. this is, so this is kind of like a mold of like, Oh, they're willing to experiment and try stuff, which in the end, Buffy's going to become like most famous for. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the show itself is better off for that experimentation, but also so is the entire television landscape. I mean, that is, Buffy is, I know I say this all the time, but it really is true. Buffy is so influential on on what television looks like today. Um, yeah, like modern arc storytelling, mm-hmm. um, like being able to mix genres. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's, it did so much. Yeah. Um, so my drinking game for this week is um, take a drink anytime Vampire Willow says bored now. Uh, mine is take a drink anytime you start wondering about vampire semen. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I mentioned that, I swear. <laughs> All right. Um, any other final final thoughts before we before we peace out? No, I just this is like a really fun episode. Yeah, and it's also like kind of the um, it's also like back to back with another like extremely awesome episode. So yeah, yeah. There's there's this is like kind of when season three really starts hitting its stride, and I'm I'm down for that. All right. Well, you want to take us out, Jason? Yeah, let's do some outro. Um, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with uh, the amazing, amazing amends. Mm-hmm. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Twitter at YamiJ357 and on Instagram at YamiJ. And, uh... Or it could be the other way around. I <laughs> I really should like get down pat what exactly these are for. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Uh, or you can email us if you have something longer to say at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. Um, please reach out. Let us know what you think. Um, your thoughts on the episodes. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on YouTube where we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers and that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Um, In light of, unfortunately, several more deaths in the Black trans community this week, um, as well as the federal government's attacks on transgender healthcare rights, we are highlighting Actions for Solidarity. Uh, this is a list of resources compiled, <clears throat> compiled by some of the foremost Black trans leaders and their allies. Uh, please visit actforblacktranslives.org for more information. And yeah, and like to reiterate what we said last week and what's been going on in the world Black Lives Matter and Black Trans Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. and uh um, we hope you guys are still um it, we hope you guys are still like feeling very prideful in uh during this pride month mm-hmm. and um there's like probably no better way to show your pride than to stand with people who in the community that are being disenfranchised right now yeah all right and as always go slay and be gay i always am I know. Bye. Bye.